Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. How do you get your tongue to do that? TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Those were conversations that picked up again, you know, after Minnesota uh, did the deal with Atlanta and Houston uh, the other day. They've got. Uh, you know, a lot of it had been built around, Rachel, number one, how much salary Minnesota would be taking on, and then number two, what the draft pick protections would be. And so that 2021 draft, that pick is, that Minnesota pick now going to Golden State is protected to number three, and if it doesn't convey, if it doesn't convey that year, if they're in the top three, that pick becomes unprotected in 2022. Gerson Rosas, since he took over, as the president in Minnesota, he had targeted D'Angelo Russell. He, he chased him in summer free agency uh, and, and stayed on him throughout this year. He has wanted to pair him with Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns wanted to have D'Angelo Russell as his point guard. And now he has him, and Andrew Wiggins goes to Golden State. Wait, 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 wait. Mackie and Jalarami, Judd. What did you just say off microphone? So Gerson Rosas got the job as president of basketball ops on May 1st of 2019. As we sit here now in February of 2020, the Minnesota Timberwolves from the day that Gerson inherited this roster have Josh Okogie and Carl Anthony Towns left from the May 1st roster. I'm actually like, I know, I, I'm I'm laughing. I can't you didn't realize myself. that until just now? No, I knew they had six players left from the beginning of the year, but I didn't realize what Judd just said. Yeah. They two have guys. two left since May. He's left two guys standing. Clearly someone didn't value what Tibbs had done. Dude, what? He just came Rotate in. Rotate my roster. He came in like, you guys ever seen that clip of the, the old WWF clip where Stone Cold Steve Austin comes back from an injury and just Stone Cold stuns like 20 guys in the ring? Gerson Rosas Was that in Royal in? Rumble or something? I feel like Stone Cold just came. I don't, I don't remember. But I know, I, know the, I know the clip you're talking about. He stunned the entire ring. The entire ring. They, yeah. they all just were like yeah. they fell out. Mm-hmm. That's when Gerson Rosas came in and just gave... 14 oh my stone God! Cold <laughs> like what? How do you? So he comes in and he's got his philosophy and he's got his system, but and he, usually it takes maybe two or three years to fully turn over the roster. He turned, dude. I said the roster over entirely in nine months. I said when when he started laying out the philosophy that they were going to play with a more analytically focused, more three pointers, more shots close to the hoop. And we we all were like, well, they don't really have the roster to do that. And I said, yeah, this is this is an audition. He's going to find out who can do that and yeah. who can't, and those who can't won't be part of the plan ultimately. And he has made that determination on what eleven of the thirteen guys who were under contract with the Wolves when he got yeah. here. And let's face it, you know, mo- most of the guys outside of Carl Anthony Towns and 
Andrew Wiggins with a big contract and a couple other. There's a lot of G League caliber players sure. floating around yeah. that you're taking. It's, or it's bench a lot guys, of guys. Yeah. like seven through eleven guys on most benches. Right, right. But the trade is if you're if you're hopping in your car and you've been grinding work all day. Welcome to the show. We are Mackie and Jeb with Rami on Score North here in the Score North app. Jim Peterson is expected to join the show in about ten minutes from now. We have football conversation to get to as well. Sage football uh, wisdom and the Twins trade may or may not fall through, but but the big story of the day is the Timberwolves traded Andrew Wiggins and a top three protected first-round pick in 2021 and a second-round pick in 2021 for D'Angelo Russell and a couple other peripheral pieces, too. That's the big trade. And i I got to say, we can sit here and we should continue our conversation from yesterday because now it's a real thing and now we can really dive into it. But the talk for a year and a half was you're going to have to attach a first-round pick to Andrew Wiggins just to get rid of him. Yep. And so you could break if if that still remains true. And the and now the Warriors, there's reports that the Warriors they like Wiggins better when Clay and Steph come back as a compliment than D'Angelo. And that's probably true, but they're gonna find out that there's a lot of ups and downs and mostly. No, downs you Wiggins. know what? Good for them. But, I'm seeing from people far smarter than me when it comes to basketball and far more informed, especially when it comes to the Golden State Warriors, that they really like Andrew Wiggins, that this wasn't them like Have fun. Capitulating awesome. to, to the wolf, to the wolves and taking that contract off their hands, they they want him and they think that he can do some things in that in that system and in that culture. I mean, and and so the trade then breaks down. However, you want to, you either gave up Wiggins and a first round pick to get rid of Wiggins, and then you wind up getting D'Angelo Russell for a second round pick, or you got rid of Andrew Wiggins and attached a second round pick to him to get rid of him, and you swapped a first round pick for D'Angelo Russell. You also still have a first round pick in two thousand twenty. That you can use. I mean, and if, you didn't touch it, a, a you, 2020 two, pick. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I think this is an unbelievable trade for the Timberwolves. Bravo, Gerson Rosas. Take a bow, baby. So, so past three days now, Gerson, because he traded. I love this. He traded five guys on Tuesday. He traded um, Wiggins this afternoon or probably late this morning. And then he traded Gorgie yeah. to the Memphis Grizzlies as well today. So that's seven guys traded in a span of three days. Um, I do think that it's important to take this discussion in this way, though, because I think it can get convoluted and fans uh, tend to hear things then that we're not necessarily saying. I think there's at least two, if not more, discussions here off this D'Angelo Russell trade. The one is a very specific conversation about Carl Anthony Towns. And is this finally the trade or is this finally the thing that makes him happy? Because his performance last night was inexcusable. His, that, his, that would have been the lead to our show, by the way. His attitude the last, in my opinion, month and a half or two months, inexcusable. Okay? So that's discussion A. But what that's not meant to do is overshadow discussion B, which, Phil, I think you just were alluding to, which is you just got rid of one of the worst albatross contracts in this town. In this country. Andrew Wiggins, I think it's safe to say, and people might disagree and I don't care, hates basketball. Plays it. Plays it really well when he so desires, but I watch him play and I see a guy who has no joy at all in his craft or work. And so, so from my standpoint, I don't want to confuse these two conversations. Bravo to the Wolves. You traded away a terrible contract and a guy who, if he had given a damn, might have been really good, but he didn't. And you got back a player who might make Cat happy. But where I will say that personally now I've slowed my role big time is the word might make Cat happy. I now need to see where this goes 
because as I wrote for a piece that I just did for scorenorth.com, I have been a card carrying member, and I think Phil has been too, of what I have labeled the Cat Enabler Club for a long time now. And I've turned my card in, okay? After last night, I turned my card in. I gave it to the person at the front desk. <laughs> I said, I can't do this. And so now what I need to see is, is this the trade? Is this the beginning of the formula where Rosan and Ryan have, as we discussed earlier on Score North Live, Rami, bent over backwards to help this guy and to make him happy? And he's basically been like, oh, no, I'm still not happy. Does this now take you in the direction of, you're going to maximize the talent of a guy who I still think can be a superstar. Well, hold on. Before Rami, because Rami, I know Rami and I disagree on a lot of this, and so just you get the floor here, but let's not, you just said they've bent over backwards to make Cat happy. No, they didn't. They didn't really bend over backwards to make Cat happy until this week. This week, when they turned over the entire roster, no. got got rid of I his, that. Got, no. got rid hiring of his, Ron, hiring Ryan was a Cat hire, basically. Getting the, rid of Jimmy. Getting rid of Tibbs. Okay. That was all for Cat. The roster was still mostly G League players and Andrew Wiggins. Right. Mm-hmm. But what he did okay. last night was embarrassing. His, I agree with that. I agree with that. But but you don't just flush away one of the most talented players in the NBA. You have to you're not just like trading him for 50 cents on the dollar oh, because not, you're pissed at oh, him I'm like sorry. that. To be, that is to a, be clear, I'm not I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is I've turned in my cat enabler club card because I'm done making excuses for him. Sure. I don't want to trade him, and, I, and that's exactly where I am. And Judd is those are Judd is right that those are two entirely separate conversations, and we are capable, we're skilled enough, and smart enough to have both those conversations and, well, and and weave back and forth between the two. We're not we're not all that smart, but <laughs> they won the trade. There is no doubt about it. For a number of reasons, they won the trade. The value they gave up for the value they got back, they win that. Getting rid of Andrew Wiggins' contract and getting him. Out of the building in terms of improving the culture for the Minnesota Timberwolves, that's another win. They won this trade. There's no doubt about that. In my mind, I think most Timberwolves fans would say that. And you're better today than you probably were yesterday, especially because yesterday you had like half a roster and you got it handed to you by the Atlanta Hawks. But that's not exactly what I mean. You're a better basketball team for getting D'Angelo Russell than you are with Andrew Wiggins. That I don't I don't have any doubt about that. And good on Garrison Rosas for changing the way that the Wolves operate, for targeting his guy, and for being creative and doing everything that he's got to do to go and get that guy. I still believe 100% in Garrison Rosas that he's the right guy for that job. So that's that's one conversation to be had. Cat is an entirely another conversation to be had. And you're saying you don't just flush him down for 50 cents on the dollar. I say two things to that. A, I'm not saying I necessarily want to trade Cat. I kind of do because I don't think he's Batman, and I don't see how you get Batman without trading Carl Anthony Towns. And if that's what it takes, I am totally open to doing that. I would have done that before the trade deadline if the opportunity presented itself. He will not be the best player on a championship NBA team. That's the conclusion I've come to over the last month and a half that Judd is talking about since Carl Anthony Towns decided he, he that all that stuff he was he was talking at the start of the season and it doesn't really apply anymore because he got pouty. I mean, I I I can deal with a lot of reactions to you being upset with the situation whether it's the organization at the top, whether it's your coach, whether it's your teammates. I can deal with a lot of reactions to that. I can even deal with Jimmy Butler's reaction to that. Because at least that's a guy who's showing some fight. Carl Anthony Towns, when the chips are down, shows zero fight. He shows poutiness. That's not the guy who's going to lead your team to the promised land. He's just not. And as far as trading him for 50 cents on the dollar, I say if he keeps this crap up, the fraud that he is, 
continues to be more and more exposed the longer that you keep him and his value continues to drop. So if you're getting 50 cents on the dollar right now for Carl Anthony Towns, you're getting 25 by next year. Because he's going to continue to be exposed. Do you have what Kendrick Perkins said about him on the jump? Because I'm we, pretty we sure had that we had that audio. I'm pretty sure that's what people are saying about Carl Anthony Towns around the league right now. Hold on, Jonathan, can you find that Kendrick Perkins? It's on play? the Score North Live page. By the way, weekdays noon to two, and you can hear us <laughs> breaking that news and breaking well, down well, that news in real time on the Score on the North app. It's on the Ventline page too. Okay, eleven to noon weekdays. Okay. Which one do you guys want? Yeah, to he should be sad at himself. I mean, he haven't won a game since November, and on top of that. Have you looked at Cat defensive ratings? He's horrible. He's not guarding the paint. He's not blocking shots. All he cares about is getting his 25 and 13, those fool's goals number, and he talked all that noise, not only to me, but to everybody. Oh, we got the best coach in the world. We got this, that, and the other. We here create men. We're doing this. We doing that, and all this. No, you can't ask for a trade. You got to stick it out. So here's where I will. Here's where I will agree with you guys because we're not super far apart on this. I have never done more of an aggressive 180 degree turn on a player than I have in the last three months on Carl Anthony Towns. The lead of this show today, if not for the D'Angelo Russell trade, would have been in the in the Wolves. Most important need of leadership behind the scenes and on the court when they're in a in a period of change, which everyone knew was coming, including Carl Anthony Towns. They're in a period of change, and he ghosts a game against the Hawks last night, and then he spouts off about how he's sick of losing in the locker room. Like that's not the time. He said he's losing patience. You know, you know who's losing patience? Me with you, Carl Anthony Towns. That's who's losing patience. Yeah, and those things. Those are red flags, and I agree. If if you ask me right now, is he ever going to be the number one guy in a championship team? Based dude, on based Ra- on the last two months, the answer has to be no. Ryan Sand Ryan Saunders was his choice for coach. That's his boy. That's his dude, and he could make Ryan Saunders a first year head coach, the youngest head coach in the league. He could make his life so much easier by being that general that Ryan Saunders need. Instead, he pouts shrivels up and disappears in big moments and when the chips are down. He's leaving Ryan Saunders to dry. He's leaving his teammates to dry. That's not the dude who sets the tone for this team. But I will say this. The best thing about the D'Angelo Russell trade is that he's out of excuses now. And so are all his apologists, or as Judd puts them, enablers, anybody in his camp. He's out of excuses now. First of all, you were the number one pick. That alone should tell you what your status is in this organization. But he was still not really sure about himself. Then they brought in Tom Thibodeau, and they brought in Jimmy Butler, who questioned him and and put him down and pushed him down the ladder of authority in the organization. Then those guys were, were fired. Those guys were traded or fired. Then you bring in his you bring in Garrison Rosas, who tells him, You're our guy. You're our franchise player. We're going to build this thing around you. Gets him his coach. Now he got him the player that he wants to play with. There's nothing else you can do to to enable and empower a superstar than what the Timberwolves have done, starting with firing Tom Thibodeau and, and, and trading Jimmy Butler. He's out of excuses now. And so are all his apologists and enablers. If you're still a believer in Carl Anthony Towns, great, cool. I can I can get down with that. I disagree with you, but I can get down with that. If you're a believer in Carl Anthony Towns, if this doesn't work, you've lost your basketball love in mind. And so I think going forward here, you've got the front office, the visionary in Gerson Rosas. You've got the coach that Gerson Rosas and and other people believed in in Ryan Saunders. You've got the former number one overall pick and one of the most talented players in the NBA in Carl Anthony Towns. And you've got 
the chemistry and sidekick that you've been aiming for in D'Angelo Russell, clearly an oil and water combination in Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns. You've got all these things. And so now we let it play out. That's the only thing. Like at this point, you have to hope that, hey, some of the stuff that we've seen from Carl Anthony Towns and the, the pouting and what we saw on the court last night, you have to hope that that goes away now that the roster is aligning in a way that better fits from a chemistry standpoint. So without further ado, we will shut up and let someone who is much more plugged in and much more uh, intelligent in this discussion. That would be Jim Peterson, Fox Sports North, Timberwolves color commentator. Uh, one of the more prominent days in Timberwolves history today, Jim Peterson. You can count them probably on uh, less than two hands, but your thoughts overall on the entire <laughs> roster being turned over this week and D'Angelo Russell coming in for Andrew Wiggins today. I mean, there's so much to unpack. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. uh, I I don't even know. I mean, just I don't know where you want to start. I mean, even just going back to Jeff Teague and Trevion Graham, I mean, um, unloading nine players. I mean, basically the, the the team that you brought to training camp is is just completely gone. So, I mean, Teague, Graham, Covington, Kada, Shabazz Napier, Noah Vonley, Jordan, Bill Wiggins, and Gorgie Jang. I mean, that's that is it's just unbelievable what Kirsten Rosas has been able to do. So, you're right. I mean, you're talking about a guy that had a vision for a way he wanted to play, and the roster construction, the way it was, um, was not going to fit the way that Kirsten wanted to play. And uh, it was obvious. I mean, right. So like you're trying to get these guys to, you know, square peg, round hole. And it's not that they didn't buy in because I think Ryan did a great job. His coaching staff did a great job of, of, I mean, I, I'm telling you, like just going to training camp down in Mankato and then going to practices and going to shoot arounds, even during these losing streaks, <clears throat> during these losing streaks, he'd go to shoot around and there'd be so much great energy in there, and you're going like, "Wow, this is this is pretty amazing." Because I've been around a lot of teams. Uh, very rarely do you have teams that have gone through two double-digit uh, losing streaks and have the kind of positive energy around a group of people. And now, you know, when they got on the floor and they had to put it together and have to play within the system, they just didn't have the shooting and the wherewithal. Didn't have a primary ball handler that could that could orchestrate pick and roll game or you know be, play in isolation if you're not going to p- play pick and roll. Um, they didn't have the point guard play. Point guard play, guard play in general. You know both both you know point guard and shooting guard positions are so vital to the lifeblood of a team of being able to operate. Even you know a team that went through a lot of changes like Portland, for instance. Portland went through a bunch of changes, but they have you know Damian Lillard and uh, C.J. McCollum and you have those two kind of guys that can set the table for your team. You could still have success, right? So, um, I mean, Gerson, I mean, it's, it's, it's gotta be the biggest coup in Timberwolves history in terms of, uh, in terms of, I don't care before the draft, after the draft, um, trade deadline, there's never been a day like this where just a huge roster switch and a flip of talent and, and I thought the Wolves did a great job of getting a lot of value back. I think that, you know, I had a chance to meet Malik Beasley last night, guys, after the Atlanta game. So Ben's and I went over to the Lowe's, and we saw we saw Malik's mom. And then Malik came over. He was in the cold tub at the practice facility, came over. And the energy from this dude, like, he is just brimming. With op- he's so optimistic. He's so confident. And then I love his game. Like, you're just watching him in Denver – He's exactly what Minnesota needs. Spot up shooting, uh, incredible athlete, plays in transition, plays fast, good defender. 
um, looking to, you know, looking for an opportunity. He wasn't playing much in Denver, and now he's going to probably be a starter and get big time minutes. So um, it's just like I said, there's lots to unpack. I can just keep on talking and do a monologue here, but I want to get your questions in too because. There's just so much to cover. It's just incredible. Hey, Jim, do, do you uh, think that this trade makes Cat happy now? And and how concerned have you been by, well, I would say about the last m- month, m- month and a half with his demeanor? Because clearly the talent is there. But, you know, last night was a performance where you watched that and thought to yourself, oh, boy, he he's not there. How much do you think the D'Angelo Russell trade takes a step towards making him a happy person again? I think I think it, it I think it's a huge thing, Judd. I think that I think that you know getting getting Carl into a, a, a zone where he feels like because this is the thing that you know like Kevin Garnett like I just feel like you know Mikhail just never did a great job of getting the pieces around Garnett. Um, you know they did they did a nice job that you know one season you know when that when Sam Cassone's spree came in, but. You think about the squandered opportunities um, when KG was here at the height of his career, and then, you know, the the whole thing, you know, with Kevin Love and like, the, and Ricky Rubio, the David Kahn era, just you know that that was a complete misfire, and so Love, you know, got so frustrated he wanted to leave, and then you're able to, you know, get Carl Anthony Towns, Zach Levine, and Andrew Wiggins, and thinking, okay, you got this young core now. But there, you know, there's been a revolving door. You know, it's been front office, it's been coaches. Uh, it's been difficult. So, like, you know, one of the things we always talk about, Andrew, is just like, you know, the, the poor kid, like, had so many different systems and so many sensibilities, and you get beaten down by all of that. And I think Carl is no different. Like, Carl, you know, he really resonated with Flip. Like, he loved Flip Saunders. And then you go through that tragic situation, and then you bring in Sam Mitchell, and then Mitch comes in, and I thought Sam did a really good job. I thought Sam did a great job reaching those guys. I thought he did a good job, good job developing those guys. And Carl really, really did like, um, did really like Sam Mitchell. Like he really uh, enjoyed working with him, and, and I think Sam felt the same way. And then all of a sudden, you bring in Tibbs, and all of a sudden, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is, uh, you know, enemy number one. You know, it seems with Jimmy Butler and Tibbs both beating him down, saying all the things he can't do versus what he can do. Um, I think that all that weighs. And then, you know, these last two seasons have not been easy. You know, it's not been, it's not been easy. So I I get that he's frustrated. And I get that sometimes when that frustration comes out, it comes out into quotes and things that he says that that you know don't. He's not reading the room right. You know, and and he's still young, so he's he's still trying to figure things out. But um, Carl is, and we can all agree on this: Carl Anthony Towns is a transcendent talent. Whether he's top ten, top twenty, wherever you want to put him. Uh, Gerson Rosas and his staff said, "We Carl Anthony Towns is untouchable. We are going to build around this great piece. He's he's a he's a multidimensional, transcendent player. He's got some defensive deficiencies, yes, but we are going to do everything in our power to make this kid happy. And I just think it's an unbelievable job by Gerson to be able to execute this. It looked like the deal was dead in the water, right? And all of a sudden, you get this thing done, and now." I mean, my optimism is shot through the roof. I think, I don't know what the, what the temperature is in the room you guys are sitting in right now. I got to feel like, you know, from my Twitter feed, it seems like our fan base has been energized when things seem dead in the water. So um, I, I just can't say enough about what, how just, you know, Gerson just accumulating assets, accumulating players that fit within the system. Do they have the courage to do all of this and execute it within, you know, a couple of weeks is pretty incredible. 
And I, I, I love what Garrison Rosas has done. I think they won this trade. I'm excited about the trade. But I, I won't lie, Jim. It's, it's a little bit dampered because of where I, where I've come to be when it comes to Carl Anthony Towns. And when, when the chips are down, there, there's a lot of ways to react that I will be okay with. Pouting is not one of them, and that's what I've seen from Carl Anthony Towns, whether it's when things are going bad on the court or when he's talking, as you just alluded to, to reporters in the locker room after the game uh, off the court or just not talking to reporters after the game when they, when they lose a, a 27-point lead. After seeing what I've seen from him from the last month, month and a half, I can't sugarcoat it, Jim. I, I don't think that he's the guy who can lead and set the tempo or, or set the attitude for this basketball team. Am I off on that? Well, I'm I'm just I'm just saying that, you know, I mean, I was doing it when I was 24. I was I wasn't the I wasn't the star of the show, but you know, I was in the NBA and I was, you know, uh dealing with the media. The things that they've got to deal with now, the pressures on them, uh, the media is just crushing. I mean, like it's between social media and the actual media and, you know, you know, having Question. I mean, you're 24 years old and you've been carrying this load. I mean, when you go to Kentucky, you know, I was watching John Calipari talk about um, after a loss they took um, just recently. I think it was at Texas Tech, and he was like, "Hey, this this is what you guys signed up for. You guys signed up for Kentucky, and you're going to every every game is a Super Bowl, and you're going to take all these slings and arrows on the road. The people are going to be saying stuff to you, and so to, you know, to go through. I mean, Carl's been on the stage for a long time, and I just think that. Um, he, he's, you know, he's not used to using these kids are, you know, used to kind of, they're a little bit different now with these kids, you know, they're different, you know, they kind of want to have success more instantly. And so not everybody's going to handle adversity the same way. And so Carl's no different. So I'm going to give Carl a pass. I'm going to, I'm going to turn the page. Um, I think that now you got to try to put together a team where you can, you know, uh, if you've got some guns around Carl, how's he going to act now? So, I don't think very many guys would be very happy being being through what Carl's had to go through um, and the whole Tibbs experience and, and how that kind of beat him down. And then, you know, this whole process of, you know, having high expectations and then kind of having things thwarted for you. So, uh, you know, I, 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 I hear you. Carl has not always handled things the way you'd like him to. But he's a young kid who's, who's learning, and I think he's going to be better for it. Jim Peterson is with us here. Just a, a couple more minutes, and, and we thank Jim for, for your time. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. So D'Angelo Russell, this will this will amazingly be his fourth team since joining the NBA just five or six years ago. Uh, so he's he's bounced around, and some of it's just circumstance. How good of a player is he? And from what you know, what type of a personality is he? What type of a, what, what what kind of dog does he have in him, so to speak? Well, I, the first time I ever saw D'Angelo Russell play was um, my son Sanjay was playing at Northwestern. So I saw Ohio State play at Welsh Ryan Arena, and I saw D'Angelo Russell, you know, bust him for 38. And uh, I saw a kid that was incredibly adept in pick-and-roll game. And the, the decision-making that he was able to execute as a freshman at Ohio State um, was I mean, his, his was unbelievable, and his shot making and his ability to play in isolation and make other people better. Um, that, you know, that was the first time I ever saw him play, and I was just I was just very impressed. And then, you know, he goes to Los Angeles, and and um, you know that was a difficult time for the Lakers. They were going through a rebuilding process. They had a bunch of young kids together. It didn't work out. D'Angelo showed that he was a kid and that he was like not mature all the time, and made some bad decisions. 
Um, but you know, I thought he, I thought he kind of transformed himself in Brooklyn. You know, he goes to Brooklyn and they coached him up and, um, he became an all-star. So, I mean, it's pretty good when you can get the, 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 you know, one and two players in that draft on your team. And, and, um, um, I think that, you know, I think that obviously, you know, D'Angelo had to go through some, some growth and, and I think that he's probably still going through that. I think that this is an opportunity for now. One of the things he was saying is he wanted to go to a place and, and finally put on some roots. So I just think that, that their friendship now hopefully will motivate them both to sort of cover up some of the things that are wrong with their games, and especially on the defensive end. I think both of them have been maligned for being poor defenders, so that's going to be something that's, that Ryan Saunders is going to be charged with of, you know, are they going to be able to – play together and get stops because, you know, yeah, they can both score, but, you know, we know in order to be successful, you got to be able to defend. And so I, I think that, you know, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how they put all this together because, you know, offense, you can, you can figure out offense, but defense is a team concept and you've got to be on the same page. You've got to be able to communicate coverages, be able to, you know, help each other. And yeah, a lot of defensive concepts are the same from team to team, but, um, putting it together quickly is going to be difficult. I, I was funny because I was calling Aaron C who's in our, our, our media relations director and he answered the phone. He was busy. He couldn't talk, but I said, are we going to have another media day? We almost need another media day. And we need another training camp. So <laughs> and name you know, tags. luckily, yeah, I mean, look, luckily, you know, they've got a, um, you know, they've got all-star break coming up so you can kind of get some time together, but this is unprecedented. I've never seen anything like this. And it's going to be very interesting covering this team this time forward and to see how it kind of all grows and fits together. Last thing, Jim Pete, Andrew Wiggins, Andrew, 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 uh, among the yep. p- among the potential talents that you've seen versus expectations not met. When you uh, talk about him down the road, what's going to be your your recollection? Because when he wanted to play, he could be a really good player. I just felt there were so many times, Jim Pete, he didn't really want to play. Just, I mean, just disappointing, you know. I mean, like the, the, Andrew's such a, um, a he's a polarizing figure because, um, you know, let me let me tell you something. He's one of the most beloved guys in the locker room. Like the 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 players, his teammates, all love him, and the coaches obviously they're frustrated. But he, like you can't question his integrity. You can't question the kind of person he is. He's a great father. He's a great son. His parents are, you know, uh, I, I, I played with Mitchell Wiggins, so I've known Mitchell since 1984, and we were teammates for four years with the Houston Rockets. So, I mean, I've known uh, his family for a long time. And, you know, he's a great family man, so he's a great kid. But the, the nights, I mean, the night in and night out sort of just frustration of, you know, can he just will us to a win? You know, he, he, did, he did will us to a win. The game against Miami at Target Center was – probably the best I ever saw him play in terms of just willing Minnesota to a win. And he just didn't do that enough based on how much talent he had. So, you know, we, we, we always kind of, you know, whether it's a home game or a road game, we always kind of would go, man, he's just so frustrating, you know, cause he's so good, but yet he just doesn't seem to care, you know, like just his demeanor, you guys all know, you guys cover him. So you guys, you guys have probably interviewed him and you know, you know, uh, Phil, I know you guys sat down with him and did a great job interviewing Andrew. Yeah. Kind of, you know, buried a lot of uh, a lot of old sound bites and, and things you guys had to talk about. So you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, so it's I'm happy for him that he's going to go to a place where he's got a chance to really kind of turn the page and become, 
what what everybody thought he could be. Whether he can do it or not, you know, I, I I'm gonna I don't know what the odds are of him actually realizing whatever we think his potential is. Um, but it, it's gonna be if it's gonna be if it's gonna happen any place, I think it's gonna happen at Golden State because that's just a it's a classy organization, great leadership. The expectations are going to be low for him. He's not going to have to carry the team. So uh, best of luck to Andrew. He's a, he's a great kid and deserves better. Yeah, uh, that, I, I tweeted that out before the show, too. And that I, I don't think anyone in this town has been as hard on him as early for four-plus years as I have. We did have a great sit-down, and I flat-out told him face-to-face you know, at, at training camp and media day, listen, I've been super hard on you. These are the reasons why. What do you have to say about that? And we talked for 15 minutes and it was great. I honestly wish him the best. Golden State would be the place to unlock him if anyone is going to, and yep. uh, and and we will find out, I guess. So, Jim Peterson, hey, thank you so much for your insight on this. Just a huge day for the Timberwolves, and uh, we'll we'll get a bunch of name tags floating around Wolves practice, so you can <laughs> be brushed up for Saturday. Got a new right? team to cover, Jim Pete. You got a new team. Okay. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Okay, All right, man. That is Jim yeah. Peterson from. Fox Sports. Let's let's just keep it here for a little while. Uh, on air production meeting, we'll get to Sage Football Wisdom and some great conversation uh, about Kirk Cousins and quarterbacks at the top of the hour. But let's keep it here for another few minutes. How, what do you guys think the new expectation should be now that the roster has been turned over? Now that the Wolves' intentions are clear, at least for the foreseeable future, that this this nucleus is now Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell. And then what other components they can put around them that they added today and this week, and that they're going to add in the off season in the draft and free agency. What is the new expectation for you guys? I care about two guys. That's it. I care about two guys. Well, three if you want to include Ryan Saunders. But as far as players, I I got to find out just exactly who and what D'Angelo Russell is. I know he's a very good basketball player. I haven't watched him up close or on a night to night basis to really know who or what that guy really is top to bottom. So I'm curious about that. And the other one is Cat. And I asked Judd this question today on Score North Live, weekdays, noon to two, scorenorth.com, and the Score North app. We broke this news live and broke it down for two hours. You can go and listen to that as soon as we're done here at 6. I asked Judd, because we're, we both seem to be at, at the same place with Cat, with the rest of what's left in this season, and now that you went and got him his guy, and like I said before we brought Jim Pete on, have done everything that you can do to capitulate to and foster the growth of a superstar player. Are you, do you enter that with an open mind to give him the benefit of the doubt that maybe we still haven't seen the real Carl Anthony Towns yet? And that, that guy who we're, we're looking for to emerge can still emerge because I hope I'm wrong, but I don't enter it with a lot of hope that that See, can happen. And that, th- those two things, as far as players on the court, are the only two things I care about. What kind of player is D'Angelo Russell? And can Cat be that guy who they need him to be if you're going to build this thing around him? Last night was really disappointing because to what you just said, I think when adverse moments and situations pop up, I think people show who they really are in those moments. When, When it's hard and when you're grinding and when you're losing and when things aren't going your way, are you the type of person to stand up and be a beacon of positivity and leadership in those moments on the court and behind the scenes and just in any setting, really, for anyone who's who works at any job? Or are you the first one to say, uh, I'm sick of losing and I'm and I'm and I'm going to I'm going to literally check out on the court for the first three quarters right. like we saw last night. With So that was disappointing. But I think going forward now, it's all about, OK, this is who he has been. Does this put a jolt into him? Does he have a pep in his step? 
And are those guys going to have a great chemistry? Is this, I mean, this really 23 years later, this is sort of, in a perfect world, the second coming of Kevin Garnett and Stephon Marbury in terms of positions and even like but what's the, the shoot mecha- first what's nature the of the point though? guard. Because KG was. And I am not comparing Carl Anthony yeah. Towns to KG's demeanor or mentality. You know Those what are bugged two me different... about last night? I, I found um, uh, catch quotes, especially about the trade of Covington, his buddy, to be disingenuous because one, he was fully in the loop that they were trying to get his friend D'Angelo Russell, okay? The other thing is, and, and I brought this up. Um, on Score North Live with Rami and Ventline before that, Phil. You know, I've had partners here who have been gone, right? Like, in our job, we have changed, right? People get fired. And I've never once come in and been like, I really, this show, I'm not going to be very enthusiastic because my friend's gone. Much less, let's say, management was trying to hire another good friend of mine and let and let a sort of buddy of mine go and so I yeah, felt while that they're still act, trying to appease you yeah, and cater to you. I felt that act was disingenuous, and I have my doubts about the reality because he knew that they were trying to get his friend. Um, I'll, I'll take your question, Phil, and broaden it out a little bit too. The one thing I am curious to see now is: is this closer to the roster that Rosas envisioned to play the style that we talked about? Because the opening night roster through last night was not that roster. And they were trying to play this game. I, I think the stat I saw this morning is I think they have something like the third most three-point attempts in the NBA and the second worst three-point shooting percentage. Mm-hmm. Something ridiculous like that. And we all knew that what Gerson and Ryan desired wasn't going to work. So my question now is for the final part of, of this season beyond what Rami's talking about with just seeing how Russell and Towns react and play together. I am curious now if these other parts, components that they brought in can play that style, so we get an idea not just of the style, but also the potential execution. Yeah, it's funny because they brought in their system and said, all right, we're going to space and we're going to shoot threes. Yeah. And that's the system, but a lot of the components, even Andrew Wiggins, the Golden State Warriors do the same thing. Andrew Wiggins is not a good three-point shooter. He can shoot from a couple places on the court, but he's not a good three-point shooter. Mm -hmm. D'Angelo Russell's a a better three-point shooter. He's... D'Angelo Russell is also kind of a volume scorer, and th- this is the biggest question with with D'Angelo: Is he really the second coming of Stephon Marbury? Where yeah, he's he's a he's a point guard. He's a he can he can play off the ball a little bit too, but ultimately he likes to get his shots up, and he shoots forty two percent, and he's more interested in getting his twenty three to twenty five points and maybe like six or seven assists than actually putting together a winning. So is Cat still outside in this world then, or is or, or or does Cat play the post more now with Russell here? Well, I think no, I, I think the Timberwolves want Cat to be shooting eight, nine, ten three pointers a game for sure. That's what the, I mean. They yeah. they want. So this they doesn't want really change where Cat is going to be. I don't. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I know but they I mean, just speculate. they want him to shoot a lot of threes. Sure. Okay. Now, could, I just didn't know if this could change his role at all. No, they they haven't. Jeff Teague was. Jeff, I think D'Angelo Russell is just kind of a better version of Jeff Teague because okay. Jeff, Jeff Teague was kind of a shoot first, dribble the air out of the ball point guard. <laughs> yes, he, was. and he wasn't Jeff Teague wasn't out there like Rubio just looking to set people up fourteen times a game. But you know, this is in a league where there's a lot of dominant wing players. The Timberwolves formula is a big man who shoots threes mm-hmm. and doesn't play defense, and a point guard who looks to get his shot up first. And it's going to be so important to fill those other pieces with strong defensive players, strong shooters, and guys who can play off the ball that aren't necessarily in need of even touching the ball to, you know, not needing a play run through them. It will be so fascinating to see how they set this up and how they fortify a couple of guys who aren't good defenders 
And in the case of D'Angelo Russell, who has a lot of that volume scorer, chucker mentality to him, but he's a better player than Wiggins. There's a better chemistry between D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns, and those are the two most important things for me today anyways. Yeah, but like I said, all these other guys, it sounds like Garrison Rosas got a bunch of guys who he can either keep and they can be parts of parts of the puzzle, pieces of the puzzle, and role players, or guys who he could easily get out from their contracts and go look for somebody else. So it is an audition for just about everybody on this roster to see if they can play in the system and, and, and ultimately make Carl Anthony Towns better as and D'Angelo Russell better as role players around him, but you're not you're not building with those guys necessarily. If it's not them, it can be somebody else. If Carl Anthony Towns isn't the dude who you think he is when you started building this thing, that puts a major rent that that puts more than a major wrench in the plans. You need a new plan. Like the rest of it you can recover from, you can you can you can reroute if if one of these role players doesn't turn out to be the if Malik Beasley isn't the guy who you thought he was when you traded for him and you thought he could be part of this, you can get out you can get out of that. That doesn't change the plan. It's maybe a small diversion. Carl Anthony Towns, if he's not that dude, you need a new plan. You need a new plan altogether. That's why the only things that matter to me, like I said, is D'Angelo who is D'Angelo Russell? What kind of player is he? And that's not a knock on him. That's more on me and not having seen him on a night in, night out basis. And is Carl Anthony Towns the guy we want him to be or the guy who's been pouting for a month and a half and hasn't won a game since Thanksgiving? And we're going to find a lot out in the second half of the season because they're no longer invested in tanking. I think they'd like to, ideally they'd like to find out a lot, find out that this is the right Oh, keep duo. losing. I hope they keep losing and now lose. that we're here. Now that we're here, just keep on losing. But the problem is if they keep losing, by the end of the season we're going to say... Well, why didn't you win more games? And actually, Towns and D'Angelo Russell. Actually, losing might be the best thing when we're talking about the test that Carl Anthony Towns now faces. Can this guy be a positive beacon of light for this organization, even when the chips are down? But if you have, if if you have, again, this is sort of the the idea of Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell versus whatever the reality of those two guys is. If you have Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell, and those guys are living up to what you think they should live up to. You should not be losing all of your games anymore. No, like you should be a five hundred or better team to, in the second half. But he half has of the to season. lead that then, like last night. Yep, that was a thirteen win Hawks team, guys. That team had thirteen wins coming in here. Okay, so it's not like you were playing the Clippers or something. What I what I would do though, if I'm Gerson and Ryan today, I call in Cat and I say, whatever's bothered you, whatever's been the problem, it ends now. We didn't. We don't involve you like we have, so that you can decide selectively when you're going to try. And you are. Tell us right now if you don't want to be part of the plan, because we've involved you intimately, right? So if you don't want to be part of the plan, tell us. But Ryan Saunders was hired in large part because he's Cat's guy, and Cat loves supposedly Ryan and loved Flip, right? And what's he done so far to honor that? In the last two months, what's he done to make good on that? He talks a lot about it, yeah, but but to so, what, but to what? And again, it sounds like I'm sitting here making a it's bunch time of excuses. To do it. I think there are there are you're, reasons and there are excuses. You're a cat enabler, as Judd would. Just turn in your card. I've turned in my card. <laughs> no, I'm fine you're with a cat it. Enabler. I, but, but I'm not trying to trade him. Early on this, you're too early. No, no, on this. no. I'm no longer enabling him. I I still want him to succeed. I don't want to trade him. I'm not done with him. But what I'm saying is, I gave up on Wiggy because I became convinced he hated his sport. Sure. I don't think Cat hates his sport. No, he he doesn't. He doesn't at all. He has every opportunity now to prove us wrong again. Hey, a couple things here real quick. 
651-646-8255. What do you think this blockbuster trade and D'Angelo Russell coming in for Andrew Wiggins, and now you've got your new duo, what does this mean for the upside of the Timberwolves? 651-646-8255. We also have all kinds of national reaction to this. You're going to hear what Adrian Wojnarowski said about this. We have national reaction to this trade. And right now, until 6 o'clock, it's our second ever Appy Hour on Mackie and Judd with Rami. We gave away Twins-Yankees tickets last summer. Right now, you know the, the Wild feels so left out with all this excitement with the Twins and the Vikings going to the playoffs. But you know what? It's still a fun atmosphere at the X. If, if, if you want to go to the Wild Colorado game on Sunday at 6.30, all you have to do is have the Score North app. That's right. This is an app-exclusive ticket giveaway. Wild tickets for Sunday's game against Colorado. All you have to do is have the Score North app on your phone. All right. Make sure that you're registered, and you can enter through the listener rewards uh, menu option. I just realized this, I don't have my phone with but, me. But I'm you, doing it right now. You have to have the Score North app, Hold on. register, I gotta go find and my phone enter, and enter before be right 6 o'clock today. Happy hour ends at 6 o'clock today. I can't tell if Rami's going to get his and if phone I win, or if he's where, going to the Where bathroom. can I pick up the tickets? Because that's a good game. Um, I don't know where you can pick up the tickets, but you're not eligible. Oh. But, we'll, but we will let no, you, you can't know. can't win. I was just told you can't win. We will let you know. Don't swear. Mackie and Joe with Rami. It is happy hour. Wild tickets. you got to have the app if you want to win them. And we'll come back, get your reaction. We've got a, we've got phone lines blowing up right now, 651-646-8255, national reaction. Sage football wisdom will be coming up later in the show, some great Vikings discussion. But Federated Insurance is a proud partner and sponsor of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Good timing for them today for all this news to be breaking. Uh, Federated was once again named a top 150 workplace recently by the Star Tribune for the second year in a row. And the Star Tribune also named Jeff Fetters the top CEO for large companies in Minnesota. So you get all kinds of great things like that in, in terms of just validating the work ethic and and the work culture at Federated. And and whether you're a business owner looking for frontline protection and looking for peace of mind, or whether you're looking to work for a great place in Federated Mutual Insurance Company, federatedinsurance.com is the place to go to find out about both of those different tracks, based in Owatonna, Minnesota, over a century of experience in helping business owners. Federated is here to help you, the business owner, maintain peace of mind. Federated, it is their business to protect yours. We sit here in the TCL studios, and we've had ESPN on all day just watching the NBA trade deadline. I didn't think this trade was going to go down today, but I'm glad that we had the TCL TVs on all over the place because uh, it's been it's been fun watching Talking Heads talk about the Minnesota Timberwolves all day long. TCL TVs are available inside any major local retailer here in the Twin Cities. You can just stop in and stare at any of them, and you'll find out instantly about that 4K picture quality. You'll find out why TCL TVs are a better value price-wise, better option for cord cutters like myself. I cut the cord about a month ago. There's just there's 5,000 streaming options, for God's sakes. YouTube TV is like 49 bucks a month. It's just... I don't have to pay 20 bucks a month for a giant box with a bunch of cables on it. And, and TCL TVs with that built-in Roku device are my liaison to all of those streaming channels. Again, any major local retailer in the Twin Cities and TCLUSA.com. We are Mackie and Jubb with Rami from the TCL Studios. 
Jonathan here with the Score North download. We'll get you back to Mackie and Judd with Rami in just a second. But first, you can join Score North's Rami Maklov and Team KSTP at this year's JDRF1 Walk to create a world without type 1 diabetes. Saturday, February 22nd. Join our team or donate to Team KSTP at scorenorth.com. Keyword JDRF. If you missed it, you're just getting your power. Jim Pete from the Wolves joined us to talk about the D'Angelo Wiggins or D'Angelo Russell and Andrew Wiggins trade. Here's what he said about D'Angelo Russell, the newest Timberwolf. I saw a kid that was incredibly adept in pick-and-roll game. The decision-making that he was able to execute as a freshman at Ohio State was was unbelievable. And his shot-making and his ability to play in isolation and make other people better. And then, you know, he goes to Los Angeles. And, you know, that was a difficult time for the Lakers. They were going through a rebuilding process. They had a bunch of young kids together. It didn't work out. D'Angelo showed that he was a kid, that he was, like, not mature all the time and made some bad decisions. But, you know, I, I thought he kind of transformed himself in Brooklyn. You know, he goes to Brooklyn and they coached him up and um, he became an all-star. So, I mean, it's pretty good when you can get, you know, one and two players in that draft on your team. That's been your Score North Download. Now back to Mackie and with Rami. Hey, thank you, Jonathan. And remember, from now until 6 o'clock, the window is open. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami's Appy Hour and we are sending... Two winners with pairs of tickets to the Minnesota Wild game on Sunday against Colorado, 6.30. All you have to do is you have to open the Score North app on your phone. Make sure you're registered, and you can enter between now and 6 o'clock through the listener rewards link within the app, and you'll be registered. Adrian Wojnarowski, gentlemen, had this to say about the Wolves trading for D'Angelo Russell today. Gerson Rosas, since he took over... As the president in Minnesota, he had targeted D'Angelo Russell. He, he chased him in summer free agency uh, and, and stayed on him throughout this year. He has wanted to pair him with Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns wanted to have D'Angelo Russell as his point guard. And now he has him, and Andrew Wiggins goes to Golden State. And I think what will be interesting for Wiggins, Rachel, is you know they're going to ask him to play less of a role, have less of a burden than he had in Minnesota, uh, and so you'll see how he responds uh, to maybe taking a, more of a, sec- especially on offense, taking more of a secondary go- role with all the great guard talent they have on the Warriors. And and I think for uh, for the Warriors, they felt in the end that this was their best chance to get the most value for Russell because there wasn't a team out there who had wanted D'Angelo Russell in the way and, and really needed a point guard the way that Minnesota did. By the way, uh, Woj has gotten way better on TV than when he first left Yahoo for ESPN and just like stared awkwardly into the camera. <laughs> you guys remember? Probably that? takes a while though, right? Yeah, I mean, he was never a TV guy, was yeah. he? He was just no, a, he was really. just a writer when yeah. he was at Yahoo. I mean, they do little videos and stuff for the website, but he was never a TV guy. Yeah, he would just when he first and, got to ESPN, he just stare cross-eyed at the camera. And I say this as an awkward guy myself. He seems like he might be an an, an awkward sort of introverted dude in his in his in his private life. I don't know. That's just my observation. I not as an insult. Not as an insult because I'm the same way. But then maybe I'm just insulting myself. I don't know. I'm just saying. Seems like a quiet. So you're breaking down Woj right now. Yes. Okay. Yeah. A little creepy, quiet. He might not like be that. that dude. No, that's Cat. I'm sorry. No, the man. Yeah, that's the man. Mm-hmm. You guys want to hear from some Wolves fans right now? Let's just do it. Full phone lines here. We'll get to Sage Football wisdom. Talk about the future of the Vikings. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Matt in Minneapolis. What did you think of the massive trade that went down earlier today? Wolves acquiring D'Angelo Russell. Uh, well, I thought it was a disaster. Uh, I kind of agreed with Romney around the Romney, sorry, around the noon hour. All good. That guy's been in the headlines too. <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty good. Uh, 
you know, when they got Russell, I think they should have turned around, flipped him and Cat, and started a rebuilding process. I think in two years, you're going to have a new coach. You're not going to have Russell or Cat, and uh, you're going to be starting all over. Um, I mean, I think Grumpy Cat meme has more attitude and gall than Carl Anthony Towns. But are we, Matt? Thank uh, you for the phone call, and we'll, we're going to buzz. Do through people realize what they're? I, I mean, I get the frustration, and I'm frustrated too. But do people realize what they're saying when we talk about like? I think you should dump Cat now. Why and, would you want to blow it up right now? You have two incredible young assets. Because if Carl Anthony Towns is not the guy who you need him to be, like I said, it's time for another plan. I keep bringing this up when we had Thad Levine on, and I asked him what happened to the impact pitching you were talking about at the start of the off season. And by the way, they still didn't add that yesterday with Maeda. But when I asked him that, he said, we pride ourselves on having more than one plan. If you find out Carl Anthony Towns isn't the dude to set the tone and set the tempo, if he's not a leader in that locker room or floor general on the court, you need another plan. And that means you trade Carl Anthony Towns, and you know what? Now that you have D'Angelo Russell, that's another asset. I'm not saying you have to, but that's another asset that you could trade and compile multiple assets for him to do this, to do this rebuild and this Plan B that I'm talking about. But in year one of Rosas, do you want him to do that? Because I don't want him to do no, that. No, no. If between now and the end of the season, Carl Anthony Towns does nothing to change my mind or change my opinion of him, yeah, that's the plan I would yeah, endorse. Not, and I think I think the clock in terms of the, the the clock starts now in terms of what do they have, what can they do, who is Carl Anthony and Towns. Honestly, if if this Russell trade never happened, and because I started Score North Live before the news broke weekdays noon to the news broke at like twelve oh five, and I was mid monologue, mid rant about trade Carl Anthony Towns today, today before the deadline is up, trade Carl Anthony Towns today because I'm out on I'm out on Carl Anthony Towns as being the best player on a championship or even relevant basketball team. I don't think that'll ever happen. Prove me wrong. Sean in Invergrove Heights, you're on Score North. Hey guys, thank you for taking my call. First comment is if you look at the statistics of Carl Anthony Towns in that stretch where he came into the NBA, he's top five, maybe top six from statistics. So let's be patient on trading him. I think what we need to do is step back. Remember, uh, D'Angelo Russell is six five, so we've got good size at a point guard. We have to amass assets around them. The draft is going to be good. Let's start playing the young guys and see what we got. Nas Reed, Okogi. we got to play those guys and understand what we have. And from my understanding is we have cap space in the offseason based on uh, a couple of tweets that I saw from Doogie. So there's a lot of things that will change over the course of the next 12 months that will make this a contender. Now, I will say this. I pegged them at 48 wins this year, and I'm very disappointed. But I'm excited that I think we're going to have something really nice next year. Sean, thank you for the phone call. Let's take a couple more here. I want to hear from some more Wolves fans. Taylor, you're on Mackie and Judd with Rami. Hey, I just wanted to call and talk about the trade. Uh, I think it was a very good trade. Um, I think Deal was a very, very nice piece. And... One thing that kind of got me thinking, uh, with the Jurisan Rosas hiring, does this mean that Glenn Taylor has finally given up some power and let him actually do something? With trading nine guys in the past two weeks, I think he has. I don't know about you guys. 
I mean, I think Glenn Taylor, when he hired Tom Thibodeau, was hoping to give up some. Glenn, he, Glenn Taylor's not looking to meddle. He's looking no. for someone to run the whole thing. Glenn Taylor let David Kahn run the franchise. Right. That was all David Kahn. That was not Glenn. Glenn doesn't bigfoot people. The problem is he's hired the wrong people too many times. Yeah. All right, Mark. Mark, you're on the show. You're on Score North. Yeah, Mr. Mackey. I have to congratulate you for working with two guys that are impossible. Yeah, but I, I also totally agree. This is the best call we've had all week on Score North, Mark. No, you take think, as long as you want. Go ahead. I think that Mr. Um, Judd there, he's talking out of both sides of his mouth. Yeah. He can't dribble basketball. He knows nothing about Carl Anthony Towns personally. And he, he picks out a lot. <laughs> and Rami, you can go back to Wisconsin. Yeah, I and totally drink agree. Beer, dude. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Mark, thank you for Sounds like Mark had a few. <laughs> Mark calling from Wisconsin. Mark, and Mark, it's happy hour today on Mackie and Joe with Rami. That sounds like Sid. Kept calling but, people Mr. But I'll tell you tell what. You listen, Mark has a point. I don't know how you guys. I, listen, I, I have to put up with you two every single day. Just ridiculous. Never played the game. <laughs> Never played the game well. Plenty more. We so we just did. I would a full just like hour. to point out, I hit twelve of forty-five threes. Oh, good. For and you. almost dunked. I came this close. Judd almost hit the rim a couple times in the. No, I did. I, I thought I did once. <laughs> did you? I think I banked I it I off remember. there once. <laughs> All right. When we so we're gonna we're gonna definitely dive back into. One of the biggest trades in the last 10 years in Minnesota sports, just D'Angelo Russell coming in and, and Andrew Wiggins going to the Bay Area. But when we come back, Sage Football Wisdom, our weekly conversation, we're going to dive hardcore into Kirk Cousins and whether the Vikings can take a step forward with Kirk Cousins or whether they need to have some uncomfortable conversations about their current quarterback spot here. But first, Luther Brookdale Toyota is sitting there on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. And uh, it's a place that I've been going to for 30 years. And I'll tell you what, right now at Luther Toyota, they have all kinds of great winter-friendly vehicles on the lot. We're talking about Tundras, Forerunners, Tundras, Forerunners. i got to get in my Boston accent to do this. Uh, RAV4s, Fours. RAV4. RAV4. A RAV4. A Four? Yeah, Four. So it's not Fours? Like no, that. it's Four. And... Um, They've got a couple great great deals with uh, 0% financing for 60 months on 2020s, and they're trying to clear 2019s off the lot to make room for more 2020s. But if you want that combination of four-wheel drive, spaciousness, four-wheel. safety features, four-wheel drive, features, all the latest safety features, technology, 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 technology. You better be yeah. careful you're going to stay in that like you said yesterday. <laughs> This is, your accent's going to be Charlie Horst into your throat for the rest of the show. Hey, you. you 694 Brooklyn Boulevard, LutherBrookdaleToyota.com, Judd. Well, that gives me a chance to talk about my friend Jason Walgrave. How, how would Walgrave sound? Walgrave. 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 And Jason's Walgrave Real Estate Group and their guaranteed sales program. Guaranteed sales program, you know? If you are looking to sell your home this spring, Jason and his team are going to guarantee the sale of your home when you list with the Walgrave Real Estate Group. And yes... I said guarantee. You know, talk about guaranteed offers, right? Guarantee that offer. We're going to have a guaranteed offer. Well, okay, that sounds fine, but we're not talking about offers here. Jason and his team are talking about a guaranteed sale. And now you are saying to yourself, hold on a second, guaranteed sale. Judd, I'm going to sell my house this spring, this summer. I want in on that. What do I do? 
It's this simple. All you need to do is go to jasonsguarantee.com. That's jasonsguarantee.com. Click on the Guaranteed Sale button to learn how the program works. And now is the time to act because if you're going to sell your house this spring, think about the stress, the conversations, all of the things going on. Let Jason take away some of that pressure by going with his Guaranteed Sale program. It's jasonsguarantee.com. Click on the Guaranteed Sale button. jasonsguarantee.com. Guaranteed Sale button. You'll be glad you did. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. Rami. Mackie and Judd with Rami. It is Thursday, and that means we bring in our friend Sage Rosenfels for some Sage football wisdom here. And uh, you can also find Sage on Purple Daily, Mondays at 2 o'clock, Wednesdays at 2 o'clock. And here's, so I think... I think we're all we all kind of spent the the aftermath of the Super Bowl thinking about what the Vikings can learn from the Niners and from the Chiefs and where should they go with quarterback and I want to turn this around for for all three of you guys here and just pontificate for a second. Are we too quick to jump off of the 49ers slash Vikings blueprint? Knowing no the, knowing no the, no no not at all because because here's 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 my counterpoint okay. The 49ers had a 10 point lead and were dominating that game until like the six-minute mark of the fourth quarter. And up until that point, I think a lot of people would have said, boy, this blueprint maybe even validates the Vikings' approach to building a team. Uh, Should we throw all of that out based on what happened in the last six minutes? No, I I think that the Vikings are on the right track. I think they have a style of football that's conducive to consistently winning and conducively to winning without having a great quarterback. The thing is with both teams is they don't have a great quarterback, so they got to, you know, at some point try to go out and get one, but in the meantime, they do the best with the quarterback they have. That's what, that's what you do. That's really just what you do. Like, until you get Pat Mahomes, you know, I, I think this style of obviously playing good defense, and listen, the, the Kansas State Chiefs played really good defense in that game, uh, and they made the clutch stops when it mattered, you know, uh, regularly throughout the season, including against the Vikings, and so either way, you got to have a good defense. You got to have a running game. You got to try to make the game easy on the quarterback if you can. But then when you get that guy, if it ever does occur to the Vikings and get like the man, man, you really have to have. Uh, you, you, then you can you, then you can sort of go. We're going to rely more on the quarterback, put more on his shoulders, more passing plays, more. We'll take more chances. Whatever. Our, we'll, we'll spend more money to get in players. You know, like the, the fast receivers they have and the tight end and, and all that that they have uh, because we can rely on the quarterback. That's what Kansas City can do. They literally rely on the quarterback to go, hey, we've always got a chance. And, uh, you know, it, those are very few of those guys. Most teams have to play good defense, need to have a running game, and make their quarterback a part of the offense to win the Super Bowl, not the offense to win the Super Bowl. And it just sort of basically goes to what type of quarterback do you have or not. You know, either way, you, you want to have a good defense and, and you'd like to have a good running game. Hey, Jeff, what, what do, you, do, you think, do you think we overreacted early in the week to the, the Niners dominated every facet until halfway through the fourth quarter, everything was working, and then... Like, should, should the conversation be more about, well, how can you get to that point with your blueprint and then maybe just not blow, I don't know, a double-digit lead late in the fourth quarter? Except what scares me about what we saw on Sunday what was the fact that I didn't see ineptitude from San Fran. Like, if San Fran just fell apart and was just awful, I'd be like, yeah, you know what? Don't do that. But what scared me about Mahomes and the Chiefs was they literally looked like an NBA team. And they said, oh, we're down by, you know, an NBA equivalent of what, Phil? 15 points. We'll just catch up and pass them. 
And so that's why I question the blueprint here as far as what are the amount of teams that are going to be able to do what the Chiefs did, which is say, when we put the gas Very pedal... Very few. Right, Very few, but, by the way. But when they put the gas pedal to the floor, it's frightening, and I don't know that it can be stopped. That's but hold on. Who, who is the other team that can do what the Chiefs did, that can come back by double digits in three straight playoff games? Only takes a few. What other team has a quarterback with a 99 quarterback rating on third and 15 or longer when the average in the NFL is 4.7? Is that what it is? Yes, that is a crazy <laughs> stat. They went through what? the season. Hold on, say that again. They went through the season. Like, if, if the Vikings got in third and 15, what are you guys thinking? A draw? Maybe. No, like, no, no. C.J. Ham, baby. C.J. Yeah, you wouldn't Hamm. even. Maybe Kubiak or maybe Stefanski. Maybe they call call quit game. Like, let's just get the ball out. Right, They'll play stop. We'll get a completion yeah. no, and yeah, move on. You know, maybe they miss a tackle, but we're, right. we're sure as hell heck not gonna you know run back and like allow all the possible bad things that can happen to a quarterback. But but the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know what the exact stats are, but they went throughout the entire year of third and fifteens or more. And he had a 99.7 quarterback rating. And they, they converted on, like, well over half of them. Obviously, all for big chunkers, right? And uh, it's and, and the average NFL rating at that point is so low, it's 4.7. Because there's interceptions that occur in those situations, you know, third and long, fourth and long at the end of the game, you know, all these different things occur. But the, so the average quarterback rating is extremely low. But nobody else has that. And Russell Wilson though maybe has some of that capability, or Deshaun Watson, some of that capability. Um, I don't know if they have, like, the offensive line and or the receiver threats to do all the things that Mahomes is doing. So I'm trying to say the Kansas City is really the only team that, like, when they had that interception with, I think, 11 minutes left in the game, Kansas City was moving, they're down 10. I know in my heart I'm thinking, like, wow, that that could be the game. I wasn't thinking that at all with the Kansas City Chiefs. I would think that with Seattle. I would think that with you know all, all, a lot of these other football teams, uh, but not with the Chiefs. There was something special this year, and I think I'd said I think Pat Mahomes is playing or maybe played the highest level of football I've ever seen. He threw two interceptions in that game, and they can just come back and, and it just takes you know a few drives or whatever, and they're right back in the football game. He, there's, I don't, don't think there's anybody else like him right now. Rodgers isn't like him. Um, so you have to build this team. And San Francisco built, and, and why is it defensive line? Like, I see the teams that don't have great quarterbacks, and they got a great defensive line. We're talking those Giants years. We're talking those Pittsburgh years. What great defensive line has won not great quarterback teams championships because they do such a good job of getting after the other quarterback. You don't, it ends up being a low-scoring game. And then you have a good quarterback with a good offensive mind like a Shanahan, and, a, and I think a Kubiak, similar but different, that can go out and you know get you 24 points a game, and, and you can win a lot of games that way. You'll definitely be in the hunt more often than not, and, and, and better than what the Bears do, of like relying on your quarterback to win games when you don't have the guy. That doesn't make any sense. There is your mandatory, unnecessary Trubisky shot from Sage Rosenfeld <laughs> for Rami McLaughlin. Football! But Sage, well, know, right? I mean, seriously, no, you're right. I, mean, I know you're not, right. You're right. Right? It's just I mean, that's just salt the, the wound. Sage, it's true, and that's why it's rubbing salt in the wound. That's, like, take let's take football a step beyond like what's their offense and the style that they want. Like, I, I get it, Matt Nagy. Like, you were a college guy, and then you worked your way in the NFL for a while, and you're with Andy Reid, and they run this spread thing. 
um, and they're creative and they do this and that. You don't have the, the quarterback. So it doesn't make any sense to run the triangle offense when you don't have Jordan or Pippen. Makes no sense. So run a different style of offense and win like how Wisconsin wins, which is like they ran the triangle with like with the Knicks of, of like six years ago, right? See how he put Sav on the wound by bringing. <laughs> yeah, up they Jordan didn't have Jordan. You know, that's just nice. just think about that. He didn't have Jordan. Trubisky still sucks. That's okay, Sage. Okay, <laughs> just but, stick with it. But Sage, yes, Pat Mahomes is in a class by himself, and I've said the same thing. You've said he's playing quarterback at the highest level I've ever seen. I'm glad you validated it, knowing a lot more about the quarterback position in the sport I, of football than I do. Go ahead. But. There are a handful of quarterbacks, you brought up a couple of them, other than Mahomes, like Watson, like Wilson, who seemingly, when their team is in a crunch, not every time, but can flip a switch. And like Judd said, you can have a very good defense, you cannot really make mistakes, but that guy is still going to beat you when he puts the pedal to the metal. Yes, Isn't that so, always the ultimate joker in the deck? So yes, so then what do you look for, right? You look for what I would call like those clutch moments, those clutch plays. Garoppolo didn't make those in this game. Um, and I, 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 by the way, we, we could get into the whole like, did Kyle Shanahan blow it or did he call or not call? Like, should he have run the ball on that one second five or not? We can get into all of that and why the guy knocked down uh, uh, that pass that would have been a first down to George Kittle. All these types of things you want to get into. But you, either way, you got to have a quarterback that's clutch. And Garoppolo missed. Uh, going back through, and maybe I should do a little Twitter thing today, but going back through uh, uh, on some key plays that were big in the ball game, and that's the clutch thing you have to have. And he, and he has had it, I would say, more than, than Kirk has had it over the course of the very little time I've seen Jimmy Garoppolo. you got to realize this guy's only really started for about a year and a half. He doesn't really have... Uh, you know, that much experience. And, and, you know, so, I mean, I think he'll get better. I think Kirk has sort of topped it off. I don't think, you know, I don't see Kirk becoming all of a sudden more and more clutch as time goes on. But, you know, the Vikings are going to get definitely another year of that, and, and, you know, we'll see how it goes this time uh, or whatever. So I I think if you don't have, the you know, one of the greatest uh, players, quarterbacks in the league, um, you try to find a guy who can run the offense and then be be clutch when it matters. And uh, you still try to rely on him you know, to win you football games because, you know, there's a reason they're not a, you know, top five guy. I would always rather have, by the way, a Deshaun Watson or obviously Mahomes or Russell Wilson. Like, it'd be great. To, I, lo- I would love to have those guys. I'd love to have Lamar Jackson. You could do something that nobody else, uh, you know, sort of does in the NFL, and, and it's really, really hard on defenses. Again, but that's sort of like run the football and grind it out. That style said keeps you in and close in a lot of football games and but you got to have good players and, and I think defensive line is a huge aspect of that great defensive end play Nick Bosa was such a stud this year you know I I loved I think Daniel Hunter is sort of that player but he's on the wrong side he's on the side that a lot of times he's in the, what they call a six technique and he has to work around a tight end usually that side doesn't get uh, as many sacks it's the other side if you, you don't have an elite elite player you don't have guys in the middle that are studs and that's what San Francisco has, and that and that was to me one of the big, uh, you know, aspects of them being a, a really good football team. Plus, obviously, I think Kyle's a, an extremely good, um, not only play caller but play designer. You know, the way they use Kittle again, an elite, elite tight end. They also have that over there in San Francisco. So I think that th- that recipe 
gives the any team that doesn't have an elite guy the best shot to be successful and, and possibly win the Super Bowl. But it's harder if you don't have one of those elite guys. Sage football wisdom here, Mackie and Judd with Rami. And I think I, 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 we, we've, we've started this conversation about you've got one year left on Kirk Cousins' contract. He does make a lot of money relative to the salary cap. And the league has a lot of mobile quarterbacks that can just extend plays and get away from the Boses of the world. And I think... I, Instead of just knee-jerk reacting and saying, why are you being negative on Kirk? No, this is an objective discussion about how to best use a $200 million salary cap. And if my quarterback is screwed when pressure mounts and when the offensive line is not playing well because he's not mobile enough or he's not able to overcome bad offensive line play, I have to seriously question allocating such a high percentage of the salary cap to that player, regardless of whether it's Kirk Cousins or somebody else. I th- I think if you're going to go with this defense first and 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 build the rest of your roster and and and, and line play, uh, build those things first. You have to either have a stud who makes twenty seven or thirty million dollars, or have someone on a rookie contract that you can grow with. And Sage, like the, to me, the risk is more about not looking at better quarterback options. The Vikings have made the playoffs with guys like Tavares Jackson and with Christian Ponder. Like you can still make the playoffs, but then there's another level. You have to have playoff football is just a different beast, right? And and to have one of those guys that can be a game changer. And and I always have this sort of thing of like, does the quarterback make people around him better? And that's just sort of like a, a rule of life. And how have. do you define that? How when when people say quarterback makes everyone else better around him? How, how, would, define you, how, do you, how would you All define right. that? As I'm dropping back and I'm looking down the field, a lot of times in an overfront, when I get into, you guys can press your football button here in a second, but in an overfront, as you're looking down the field, to my right is is the right guard, and there's a three technique. All right, football. Usually, this is like the Warren Sapp position. As I'm dropping back, all right, that is like a, usually a one-on-one block, so it's, it's a tough duty for the right guard. You see that guy get beat a lot, and some people can see it, Early, some people can see it as they're going back, and yet, of course, they're still looking down the field. It's a feel thing. But those guys, and like even a Teddy Bridgewater, who doesn't have some like much better skill set than Kirk Cousins, you would say, as throwers and all these other things, but Teddy could, at the minimum, sort of run out of there and at the minimum throw the ball away. You know, Get out of the pocket, throw the ball away, maybe make a play, but also just, like, just not make a bad play in a sense. Kirk usually would probably just get sacked, right? And that's like that's making the guys around he, you make the right guard better. Yes, like you missed and we should have gotten sacked, but I'm going to help you out and and we're not going to have a seven yard loss and be on in second seventeen and basically like not be able to come back from that. Also, like when I'm it, when I'm going back and I'm like, listen, we got to get a first down here. I'm going to buy time. Like, I, I'm not really going to go through my traditional reads because if I just sort here, we're not going to get a first down. So I'm going to decide on this one at this point in the game, I'm basically going to go back and buy time. You see Rodgers do it all the time. Sometimes you just drop back and, you know, yeah, if your first read's there, sure. But there's a good chance it's not not going to be because it's third and 15 and the, and the defense is going to play way back. But we need to at least give these guys a chance. So I'm going to buy time and run around a little bit. Some guys can do that. Kirk Cousins cannot do that. Yeah. I've said Does that, that makes sense. He only can that, execute like, what's there. So if that's, and, that's, and he does a really good job of that. So He's Sage. an executor, and, and I think execution is extremely important. And I think that's what 
what Pat Mahomes probably didn't have in college as much because they just threw the ball all over the place. But then he went to Andy Reid's system and saw Alex Smith, again, another great executor. But Alex Smith only can take you so far as well, and that was sort of the knock on him. And he's a guy that also makes people around him better because he does run every once in a while and, and make those guys you know not get sacked. And so you know the, the lack of mobility... I think really hurts Kirk, and the lack of mobility makes everyone else's job, in particular the offensive line, which I think has the toughest job of, of offensive players, makes their job much harder when a quarterback can't can't sort of make them look better than they are. So, Sage, if Kirk can't do this at this point in his career, is this a discussion about this being fixed for 2020, or is this pretty much hopeless, and you say in 2021 the job goes to another quarterback because he's – I don't think you can teach what you're talking about now. I, no, I no, think no, it's, it's not teachable. It's right, like, it's you know, a feel. It's like it's like you know. So what's the answer? Is, it's like teaching Mackey to dunk. You know what I mean? Like there's really no. Or point me to shoot three pointers. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But, these these but, unnecessary so personal Sage, shots. What's the answer though? My my question is. <laughs> the is, answer is try to find a quarterback that can do all those. How things. soon? How how do you do this? Do you just accept your fate? In I think it's no. I think it's. I think San Francisco was just in the Super Bowl, and the quarterback went thirteen and three, and he had multiple comeback games. Uh, and he actually did a lot of good things in that Super Bowl. He, I don't think he played bad. Uh, I thought he played pretty well. Didn't make a couple clutch plays. Um, but, uh, you know, it said, you know, Pat Mahomes did his thing. I think even San Francisco, who are, I'm sure, going to bring back Jimmy Garoppolo and whatever, Kyle's always looking for something better. Like, is there a guy out there? You know, they had Jake Plummer. Plummer went brought to the uh, uh, NFC, or AFC championship game. Maybe a year after that, they went and got Jay Cutler. Uh, because he, they thought Jay Cutler could be, you know, a better arm, a more accurate thrower, and just a good, if not better, athlete than Jake Plummer. And so they did that, right? They didn't think they had the guy. You're always in search for the guy, but the key is with what you have. You know, how much can, how far can you go? And you, honestly, you do your best. But I think you're always looking ahead, unless you have, you know, Russell Wilson or something like that, or or. Pat Mahomes, like, all right, well, for the next, you know, five to eight years, not something we need to stress about at all. You find yourself very, very lucky to be in that position. Almost, you know, twenty some teams are are looking for something better. And so that I, I assume even San Francisco, just knowing how Kyle is, knowing he understanding the value of that that position, um, uh, it, it was, is will always be looking for something better. So, can the Vikings get that guy at twenty five, or do they have to trade up to the top of the draft and get to him? You know, they can get that guy in free agency because it happened once with Kurt Warner. They can get that guy in the sixth round because it happened with Tom Brady. I mean, I don't know. It's Luck, it's luck, and then if, unless you have a top five pick, you know, like next year, I'd say yeah, they can get that guy. It's Trevor Lawrence, and maybe this Justin Fields kid from Ohio State. Those guys, to me, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence looks to me like um, I mean, you know, I mean, he, he not Pat Mahomes, but like in that, he's an extremely good athlete. He's got a heck of an arm. He's he's one of those sort of big, tall guys that can really move, which is just sort of a hard combination. Maybe Andrew Luckish. There's a couple guys next year, but. You know, Joe Burrow does a lot of good things. But, yeah, unless you get a top five or top ten pick, after that it's almost just sort of luck. And that's just the way it is. Russell Wilson was a third-round pick. Have somebody on your staff. Like, that's their whole job. They should. Every NFL team probably should have almost somebody. I know there's a quarterback's coach and there's a head coach and a coordinator and GM and all these scouts. Like, somebody should probably be a quarterback expert because it's just so important to go try to find people that aren't top ten picks. But why? why, why? Back. I, and I would do that with the offensive line, too. Like, I would tell a scout, like, your job is to go find offensive linemen in small schools, diamonds in the rough, 
like that's your whole job is to just to find these people that we can get in free agency and, and they end up you know working their way onto the roster and being good football players. They're out there, but uh, they, you know they're just not easy to get. So why do we? Why, by we I mean the the royal we here. Why do we view it as so risky? Well, like with Kirk Cousins, for instance. If the Vikings hang on to Kirk Cousins and they sign a new extension, yes, he's one of the 12 to 15 best quarterbacks in the world, and I can understand why, why there's, there's security in knowing that you have one of the 12 or 15 best quarterbacks in the world. But I think people overstate the risk of, well, what, boy, if you, if you move on from Kirk Cousins, then what if you wind up with another Christian Ponder? Well, then move on again. Like, mo- so if you truly believe that Kirk, that Kirk Cousins can bring you Super Bowl, that, you know, if we just do this and we just do this and maybe we add a couple offensive linemen, the protection's even better and all those things. If you believe that, then you stay with what you got. If you think, man, you know, this is going to be really hard. Yes, Kirk's consistent. He does a lot of good things and, you know, 10 and 6 and 9 and 7 and, and maybe we get to 11 and 5. But, like, you know, we'd like to get a bye because there's all these stats of, oh, I have a bye and our first or second seed so important. But, like, can he get a 12 or 13 or even 14 wins? I don't know. And so, you know, can he win us a Super Bowl? And that's all that really matters. And if it's not that, I think there's nothing wrong with, like, you know, always having your foot in the water and, like, always on the search for maybe something that you think that could, you know, make it easier. Because, as I said, you know, there's a lot of pieces around the quarterback this year. Defense, I thought, was pretty good. The running game was extremely good. Uh, the, we got you know really good receivers. It was super happy with the the tight end uh, that they added in the draft, and obviously Rudy had a pretty good year. So you know there's a lot of good pieces around him. There's a lot of teams that don't have you know necessarily those pieces, and and uh, you know but the question is how far can this quarterback take take them? He can take them to the Super Bowl, but you better have a San Francisco style team that has like elite elite talent. Uh, in particular along that defensive line. Sage, if you are a Spielman and the Dalvin Cook camp comes to you in the next few weeks and says, we want a Zeke-like contractor or he's not going to show up at the offseason camps or training camp with a year left on that contract, your response is what to Dalvin Cook and his people? I'm interested in you guys' response, but you know, I, I saw a great tweet this morning from a, a man, Ross Tucker, and Ross had these back-to-back tweets that showed up on his timeline. He took a picture or something. And, and basically it was Rams looking to trade Todd Gurley. And it was uh, uh, Arizona looking to part ways with David Johnson. Right, you know, these are like two back, two supposedly premier backs and blah blah blah. But you know, there's just such a history of these guys going down fairly fast. And and then you look at teams like San Francisco. You look at the teams that do well rushing without having to spend, you know, a lot of money. And you go, really, it's more about like you know the offensive line and you know the tight ends and the fullback and and the creativity of the O line coach and and all, that whole thing. Can you run the football without having a premier back? I, you know, I, I love Dalvin Cook. I can't say a bad thing about him. He does get hurt every single year. That is three for three. And um, but there's you know when he's healthy, there's very few backs in the league. I think I take over him. But San Francisco has gone out and, and done a phenomenal job running the football, and they, you know, their their highest paid back is Jarek McKinnon, who who hasn't played in two years. So uh, there are ways to run the football without having a premier back. And you know, the question is, can you allocate, you know, that much money to 
the quarterback and running back position um, when you know other teams don't have to spend the money in the running back position and other teams are getting more production out of the quarterback than you're spending on that position. You're sort of overpaying in, in sort of stock at that point. Yeah, that Football. Is what do you guys think? Do you think they should pay him? No, you think they should pay him? I, I don't think they should. Fifteen million dollars. I mean, what is, is that? What uh, Zeke Elliott got? Well, the problem like is, you're, if you, between your quarterback, two of your wide receivers, and what Dalvin Cook is likely to make, that is like thirty-three percent of your cap. What's the franchise tag number for a running back? Because I might just think about franchise tagging him year to year, and if he's unhappy about it, then he's just unhappy about it. If he wants to get paid eventually, he's the franchise have to show tag up I always find as a good idea for a running back. Um, because their careers are so short that, like, you know, you, you might get them their last good year. Like, oh, we'll just try one more year. And the drop-off you know? is so but sudden that you, you can so just sudden. get out year to year based on when his production but falls But your problem off. is he won't show up for the last year of his contract in 2020, and you can't franchise tag that. That's your problem. Yeah. You know, there's, it's a game yeah, of poker. Also, you well, that's why you have... That's why you have other running backs, and you know they drafted Madison last year. He's not the same player, but I thought he was a very good player this season. I, I wonder what it would be like if he and and uh, uh, you know the, the other running backs uh, you know carried a little more load. Maybe they went out and they, they draft somebody, decide to you know as as leverage. You know maybe that's a thing. They actually surprise everybody, draft a running back, and and uh, you know and and you know. He plays one more year, and if he doesn't play well, they just play the other guys. I, I have no idea. It, 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 who knows what Spielman and, and their camps are all talking right now. Uh, you know, I'm not a GM. I've never had to do that before. But I do know this, that teams ran the football. What, what, Seattle's their good rushing team, correct? I mean, well, who are their running backs? Carson, I think he was a second-round pick maybe. Yeah, or and 38-year-old Marshawn Lynch or whatever he is now. Yeah, like they weren't spending, you know, $15 million on anyone in particular. So, um, I, we, I, you just saw it with the Rams. I mean, I think the Rams are like, uh, you know, a disaster just sort of waiting to happen with all sorts of, they give up all those draft picks. They haven't signed the corner to a, an extension yet. Um, they overpaid for the running back. They just spent a lot of money on their quarterback. You know, you know, all these sort of various things that I think are, you know, going to be interesting over the next couple of years. But they're a team that didn't make the playoffs because their running back, who they spent a lot of money on, uh, did not produce and, and has been injured, uh, you know, plenty in his career. Football. There is every Thursday, 4.30 on Mackie and Judd with Rami, and also every Monday and Wednesday at 2 o'clock on Purple Daily, Sage Rosenfeld, Sage Football Wisdom. We will talk to you again next week as we get closer and closer to Combine, as we get closer to free agency and the draft. It's going to be a, a fun several weeks here, Sage. Looking forward to the Combine, and I'm going to have my correspondent jacket uh, that I'm going to bring <laughs> with me to look professional. Uh, it's going to have an emblem, which you guys are going to produce right now because I'm telling you, should I'm going to put it on it like a, like an ABC Sports oh, like stamp that. from the Howard Cosell days. Uh, anyway, I'm looking forward to, the, to that. And uh, in the meantime, you know, we'll see what the Vikings do this offseason. Beautiful. All right, Sage Football Wisdom. See ya. All right, and b- before we come back and dive back into the big Wolves trade from earlier today and open up phone lines again, 651-646-8255. Remember, between now and 6 o'clock, Mackie and Jeb with Rami Happy hour giveaway. Two winners will win a pair of Minnesota Wild tickets to the game this Sunday against Colorado at 630. And here's how you get those tickets. You must have the Score North app. You must register. Make sure you're signed up on the app. And you can enter between now and 6 o'clock in the listening rewards area of the app to win. This is only during today's Mackie and Jeb with Rami show 
between now and 6 o'clock. 651-646-8255 if you have thoughts on the Wolves trading everybody and getting D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> 651-646-8255 if you have thoughts on the Timberwolves acquiring D'Angelo Russell today. We'll get back to that discussion shortly. But let's talk about financial things. For instance, saving for retirement. Let's talk about Dale Tondrick and the work that Tondrick Wealth Management does in making sure that you have all the tools necessary to save as much money as you can for your later years. You want to be able to call your shots later in life. You don't want to be worried about, am I saving enough money? Is my money being invested in the right ways, on the right tracks? Uh, Do I understand tax ramifications? All of these things, I mean, let's be honest, we're all, we're all working, we're all, we all have families and friends and things to do, and so we need someone like Dale Tondrick that spends every waking second, basically, of his days thinking about these things and staying on top of them. Dale's life's work is literally helping people save and stockpile money for retirement. Tap into him as a resource. I don't care if you're 30 or 60. 952-401-1671. That's 952 401 1671 or go to myinvestingcoach.com. Jonathan here with the Score North download. We'll get you back to the final segment of the day of Mackey and Judd with Rami in just a second. But first, join Team Mackey and Score North at this year's Big Climb Minneapolis on Saturday, February 15th at the Capella Tower as we raise money to fight blood cancer. Donate to our team or join Team Mackey for just $20 when you use the promo code Mackey when you register to climb. For more information, visit scorenorth.com keyword climb. If you missed the news somehow today, the Wolves traded Andrew Wiggins finally for D'Angelo. Russell, you're wondering why the Warriors of all teams would want Andrew Wiggins. Here's what Woj said about that. The Warriors, Rachel, you know, they know they're going to have a high pick in this coming draft. They're going to have a chance to get one of the the very best players, but this is not a deep draft. And I think moving, uh, getting that Minnesota pick the following year uh, had great appeal to uh, the Warriors, and they were able to get that deal done. And I think what will be interesting for Wiggins, Rachel, is you know they're going to ask him to play less of a role, have less of a burden than he had in Minnesota. Uh, and so you'll see how he responds uh, to maybe taking a, more of a se- especially on offense, taking more of a secondary go- role with all the great guard talent they have on the Warriors. And, and I think for, uh, for the Warriors, they felt in the end that this was their best chance to get the most value for Russell because there wasn't a team out there who had wanted D'Angelo Russell in the way and really needed a point guard the way that Minnesota did. That's been your score, North Allen. Now back to Mackie and Jonathan Rami. Right on. Thank you, Jonathan. All right, 651-646-8255. Is this a good trade for the Timberwolves? How far do you think they can go in the next five years with Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell as the nucleus? That's the question. If you are a Wolves fan and you want to chime in, 651-646-8255. Uh, ben, we'll get to you first up here in just a second. But the other question, just off that Woj soundbite, to what degree do you think the Wolves will wind up looking over at Andrew Wiggins in Oakland, in San Francisco now, I guess, with their new arena, and saying, man, the one that got away. To what what percent chance is it? I think it's 0% chance he was going to thrive more than he has in the last six years here. I think that ship had sailed. But like, do you guys think he explodes into a much better player in that system, with with Steph and Clay coming back at some point, or are they just gonna are they gonna suffer the the same fate as the Timberwolves did, which is just be frustrated with him and trade him? He so. ends up playing for 
Minimum five to six teams, I think. I, I think this starts to bounce around now. Golden State for a couple of years. Then let's say goes to the Knicks or something like that. Then he bounces to Memphis. Then he bounces to actually, you know where you know where he'll end up if this if this franchise deteriorates a bit and Tor- they might not Toronto, Toronto yeah. right? But I bet you basketball reference eight years from now you'll pull up Andrew Wiggins player page Rami and you'll see five or six teams. Yeah, this I mean, I think had he had he been immersed in in Warriors culture and their system and their coaching when he came into this league. He had a hope of fulfilling all the promise and potential that he had when he was drafted. I just don't think a guy changes his stripes or changes who he is at his core, the fabric of Andrew Wiggins, five years into his career. And I know he's he's young in terms of his age, but and it's the same thing I said about Cat. Four or five years in the league, man, I'm, I'm not looking at your age. You You have the experience at this point to know what it takes. You've been around guys. You've witnessed guys who have shown you what it takes. And you still just don't get it. And I, I don't I don't think that changes because you're with the Warriors. The, the one thing that, that is working in his favor is less will be expected of him. It'll be easier for him to fulfill expectations that they have for him because they're not looking to him to be the savior. He's not the number one pick in their eyes. He's not the guy who you traded Kevin Love to get in their eyes. He's just a guy who you traded D'Angelo Russell to get, and nobody there really had time yeah. to develop any love or loyalty to D'Angelo Russell. Andrew Wiggins is going to be, at best, the third or fourth scoring option on that team when when everybody's healthy. So it'll be easier for him to fulfill the expectations there, but only because they're not the expectations that he had here. He'll yeah. never be the player people thought he would be coming out of college. Yeah, he's not. He, he doesn't wake up in the morning and want to dominate the day. He doesn't want, you know, he's Kobe Bryant, mob mentality, up at 3 o'clock in the morning, getting his shots up, just intense. That's not Andrew Wiggins. And just going to a new environment isn't going to change his personality. Now, could they unlock certain facets of his game by putting him in a third or a fourth scoring role? But I can't stop thinking about this. A couple years ago, Draymond Green, who is the he's the soul of that team in terms of he he's the dog on that team, right? He's the guy that gets in altercations. He's the guy that will get in arguments with his teammates. Draymond Green got into Kevin Durant for being too soft. Yeah. One of the greatest scorers and players of all time, and Draymond Green got into Kevin Durant for being too I soft. Think What's he going to do to Andrew Wiggins? I think they're going to move on very quickly. I, I think they're taking a chance here. But you can't just if if he and fails move on. if he fails there, it's not like the, yeah. the the Timberwolves got lucky and that somehow some way the smartest organization in basketball was like you know what yeah we yeah, we'll take him with no tax mm-hmm. like no penalty you didn't have to give up an extra first round pick. The Wolves traded Andrew Wiggins and a second round, or uh, traded Andrew Wiggins a second round pick and a first round pick, and got D'Angelo Russell, which means they did not pay a tax to get rid of Andrew Wiggins. If he fails at Golden State, they will have to pay a tax to get rid of him. They'll have to like put a first round pick with him just to ship him off the roster. That's the problem. I just don't think it's going to work. I think they're they're going to learn what the Wolves learn, and and of course because of the Wolves trade, it was harder to do. But the lesson is... You don't think he can clear even the lower bar that they set for him? I think that organizations like the Warriors don't want to put up with a mentality he's going to bring, and I think they're going to find out quickly they can't change that. Championship teams that have alphas don't put up with this for long. It's just, it is risky, though, in that if you're right, and if and if he's not good, and if he's just sort of the same old sleepwalking I mean, he's going to have a great player. two weeks, don't get me wrong. Dude, if he thought he had, had, a, two weeks if he thought he had it rough because of how Jimmy Butler reacted to his attitude, 
Draymond, man. Wait yeah, to see yeah. what Dray- Dude, that's going to be like an episode of Scared Straight. When he walks in that episode, Draymond's just going to pin him against the wall yeah. and let him know how things run over there. You'll hear what Paul Pierce had to say, too, about Carl Anthony Towns' comments in just a second, but Ben in Rockford's been on hold for a while. Ben, you're on Score North, man. What would you think of the trade? Boys, today is a glorious day to be a Timberwolves fan. We never have to watch the biggest slug in the NBA in a Timberwolves uniform again, and it's liberating. I am ecstatic. We didn't have to give up anything to get rid of Wiggins, and yet we still got a pretty good player in return. Biggest thing, though, I think is uh, Russell's contract is up a year before Towns. So this kind of makes it so we won't be put in a corner with Towns on if he's going to stay, if we need to trade him, what's going to happen. Because we're going to find out a year early if Russell resigns or not. And it's going to be telling if he doesn't resign, we know Towns isn't going to resign, then we can trade him without losing him for nothing. And by the way, Rami, I agree with a lot of your takes, but trading Towns is not the answer. You're going to get a return like you got for Butler, which was absolutely nothing. And... Yeah, he's not the Batman, but he's the best that this town's going to see. No one wants to come to Minnesota. See, so you got to keep him. You got to. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. This is the same small town stuff that makes you think you can't go out and get a Mookie Betts. Stop thinking so small. That Carl Anthony Towns is the greatest thing that's ever going to happen to the Timberwolves. If Carl Anthony Towns isn't good enough to lead you to a championship, he damn well better not be the best thing that ever happens to the Timberwolves. Stop taking a back seat to the rest of the league, dude. Stop thinking you can't do things here. You can do things here. Garrison (laughs) Rosas believes that you can do things here. That's I, I can't stand that small thinking mentality. But I'm man. Not it drives me crazy. It drives me nuts. Will you, will you just? Will I told you, you yesterday. Pep, pep, pep talk me in the morning just for five minutes. I told you yesterday. Lord, we man. don't. We don't want one year of Mookie Betts and then he's going to leave. Try to. Do you don't want to win a World here. Series. I get it. Well, that's it's got a good. That's outfield. ridiculous. Your outfield's fine. You can still win the World but Series. But I'm with the caller, and that and that is a very important point. You got rid of maybe. The biggest albatross, uh, albatross contract slash player in this town ever. It is like because people, people the Vikings the Joe, don't like a guy; you just release him. And people say the you know, the Joe Mauer contract. Well, two things: Joe Mauer was really good for about half of the contract, and it was at least serviceable for all but one year of the contract. And Joe Mauer at one point was an MVP; like his contract was warranted when he signed it. Andrew Wiggins was not. Never. It was there was. Correct. There was no pressure from any other team. You could have taken him to restricted free agency and let the market and the other teams let the other teams set the market. And instead, they so to honestly like to echo the last caller's point. How in God's name they got rid of that contract and they got rid of Andrew Wiggins and they didn't have, and to get D'Angelo Russell back. I I thought the whole time for the last year since we've been sitting here trying to figure out how can you get rid of Andrew Wiggins. I thought at minimum you're going to have to attach. A first round pick or a really good player like a promising Josh Akogi or Jarrett Culver type player to him just to get rid of him. And then in return you would get some bloated contract or you know, some you, you know, think, some part and you got D'Angelo Russell. Do you think the Wolves an amazing trade rigged it so the Golden State executives Got a loop of like three weeks of Wiggins from earlier this season. They got the they got the November tape, and that's all they got. So they're like, let's watch some more Wiggins. 
Oh man, this game, this game is great. He's still playing great. It's amazing. By the way, this was what Paul Pierce had to say on the jump earlier today. So Carl Anthony Towns, he was a sleepwalker through that game against Atlanta last night, and he talked after the game about how frustrated he is with losing and just a lot, a lot of pouting. And we we covered it earlier in the show. If you want to go back and listen. On demand, but this is what Paul Pierce said. A player that you're friends with isn't gonna make you happy. Okay, you know, wow. like you know they're not going nowhere this year, but he wants to win a basketball game. He didn't make the All Star, mm-hmm. and so you know he's putting up these huge stats, and you know only winning is gonna cure that sadness. I mean, obviously when you get a trade, I think D'Angelo Russell's trade, gonna help. <laughs> you know, when you get a trade, obviously it gives you new life. Uh, none for them this year, but maybe in the future. Winning cures sadness. Can we get that on a T-shirt? Winning well, then, cures sadness. Then help your team win. Well, he to say he's not doing anything to help his team win is also an overreaction. No, he is. We, again, there are a lot of ways that are okay to react when the chips are down. Pouting is not one of them. You're not helping your team at all when you pout. Mm-hmm. Whether it's on the court or whether it's off the court, you are doing nothing. To, and I don't care what a box score says, especially when you're supposed to be the dude. You are doing nothing to help your basketball team win games when your default in down times is pouty face. Yeah, I I don't disagree with that. I just think you guys have gone a little too far and that we have one of you saying that you would trade Carl Anthony Towns. I said I would have this morning. And the other one has has turned in all of his Carl Anthony Towns car keys. He's lost. He's been a part of 17 consecutive losses dating to Thanksgiving, the night before Thanksgiving. I'll give give the Cat D'Lo experiment a chance. Because I give benef- benefit of the doubt to Garrison Rosas. Not because I give it to Cat, but because I give it to Garrison Rosas. Rosas the favor. So, yes. So I'm, I'm, I'm not saying trade him now. This morning, I wanted him traded. Mm-hmm. Now you've, done, you've gone one step further, and as far as I'm concerned, as far as you can go to appease Carl Anthony Towns. So I'll give this a chance for Garrison Rosas' sake, but Carl Anthony Towns, I'm, I'm out on that, dude, man. And if they didn't pull this off, they, they should have traded him earlier today before the deadline came and went. By the way, there is an emergency episode of Raised by Wolves that's been posted. Manny Hill with Dane Moore and with Doogie. You can find it either on demand right now, anywhere you find podcasts in the Score North app, or you can listen to it at 7 o'clock here on Score North. And we have seven minutes left in Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Happy hour. If you want to win tickets to see the Wild take on Colorado at 6.30 on Sunday, all you have to do is open the Score North app on your phone, which means you need to have it. Register and enter through listener rewards between now and six o'clock, gentlemen. We have a couple minutes left in the show here, and uh, it's been about a week since we've. I want to mock, mock. I want to mock, mock. That's right, gentlemen. I have in front of me a seven-round mock draft, in which we're only going to go through the first round because we only have a minute and a half left in the show. Where's it from? DraftBlaster.com. Oh, man. Blast those drafts. DraftBlaster. DraftBlaster.com. DraftBlaster has Joe Burrow going to the Cincinnati Bengals, number one overall. (laughs) Chase Young, number two. Not a shock there. Tua going number five, like most mock drafts, to the Miami Dolphins. All right. And Justin Herbert going to the Chargers at number six overall. So three quarterbacks. Going in the first six picks. But let's get right down to business. Mm-hmm. At DraftBlaster.com. DraftBlaster. Number 25 overall to the Minnesota Vikings. Such a good name. By the way, DraftBlaster.com has mm-hmm. a tagline. The thinking man's guide to the draft. Because when I think of thinking, I think of Blaster. Yeah, that name screams thinking man. There's a bunch of Harvard people. 
Number 25. What should we name it? Draft Blaster. To the Minnesota Vikings. Yep. Linebacker, Oklahoma, Kenneth Murray. I want to mock. Mock. I want to mock. Mock. I'm done with him. You're done with draft a linebacker. Blaster? Yes, I'm done with draft blaster. What do you mean? What if Never draft ever. Don't bring draft blaster ever back in this room ever oh, again. Well, that's <laughs> that's a tough promise for me to keep. I don't want anything to do with that. That was just I'm round as out one. on them as Rami is on Towns. I'm out on linebacker. Vikings draft a linebacker. linebacker in round this one? town will riot. Listen, I trust draft blaster. There will be cars overturned in this parking I, lot. I know we don't have time for it today, but I and I told you guys about this. I don't know why we. Well, I do know why we keep not getting to it, because all hell keeps breaking loose. I have the first mock, at least the first mock I've come across, that includes speculative trades. That's right. Trademark. Reckless speculation. Mock trades. Amazing. All right, we got to run. Mackie and Judd with Rami. What a tease. Score North app. What a tease to tomorrow's show. (laughs) 